0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the content workshop where we talk about content in depth. I am joined here by Patrick Bruder, who is a video, videography and video editor for the Cleveland Cavaliers and their 2k team, the Cavs Legion. So he has joined us today on the podcast. How are you doing today, Patrick? Can't complain, Sammy. How about you? Not too bad, man. It's been a pretty good day. It's been a busy day, but it's been a good one. But I'm glad that we're we're tidying up the day in like a pretty bow with you because you're <laughs> someone I honestly really want to talk to with with your background, and your experience. But overall, Pat, uh if it's okay if I call you Pat, just easiest thing to start out with is um just your background, a little bit about yourself, as much as you want to share, and, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those of you that don't know, my name is Patrick Bruder. Um, and like Sammy said, I'm the uh, videographer and editor for Cavs Legion. Uh, we're the 2K team for uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, but I'm 22 years old. I uh, grew up in Carmel, Indiana. It's a smaller town north of Indianapolis. Um, I have uh, a, a pretty decent history in the, in the multimedia industry. Um, I've been everywhere from a designer to... Uh, editor videographer photographer i've kind of done everything in between um just with a, a very strong gaming background with esports in general um but yeah yeah we kind of move forward from that
0: awesome man yeah i appreciate it and like he said when he says background he's being humble in my opinion in, in the best of ways because if you look at, at patrick's portfolio it is extremely wide from esports to product marketing to regular sports um portraits weddings everything and and then the esports side of things i mean even cover art and concerts so you've had your hand in literally everything and i didn't even realize that until i had done some research um but overall what made you start to get in the video editing like how did how did that come about exactly
1: so um, my dad definitely had a really big influence on uh, getting an interest overall in uh, media. So okay. he, he's worked in television um, and not as much of an anchor or like an online, not in person or on air personality, but more of a behind the scenes, creative services background. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's worked for news stations uh, between Fox, NBC, a bunch of different local stations here and there uh, growing up. So being able uh, to go to his office anytime I had the chance to and just kind of see the studio area and just get that overall, um, just just over media in general, just getting that mm-hmm. background was really enticing to me. Um, and mm-hmm. I just found a really cool interest. Um, but I would say videography and photography, uh, specifically my dad had a camera growing up just a a regular dslr just some crappy little camera okay Um, but anytime we had family over we just had family gatherings he was always out with a camera just taking a couple pictures here and there and um honestly a lot of people come from the mindset of a very like artistic eye they're just uh, they really want to get creative with photography but Mm -hmm. uh what my favorite part about it is the fact that you can kind of capture a moment and and recap an event or a feeling or an emotion and uh, kind of have that be uh, an endless feeling that you can always look back on. So that, that kind of concept really got me into, into media.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I kind of know what you're saying to a certain extent. So my dad was a music major, so he, he majored in music. Um, And how you said like capturing a moment in a picture, or like in a video, like the same thing with me with music, like, when you hear a certain musical sound or you like look at a picture, or you look at a video, like it immediately takes you back to that moment. And like, you just can expound upon it in your own head. So I totally know what you mean. And on, and being exposed to it early probably gave you like a deep, rooted passion to it more so than anybody else to just look to it for a profession.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely in a good, good position. My dad set me up very well for uh, being exposed at a young age.
0: Awesome. And I, I mean, now I didn't even know this cause we had to talk about it for the podcast, but, and I know, did he ever, cause I know my dad had music, right? Like it was like, yes, I love to do it. And I still play music to this day, but at the same time it was like, you will learn instrument. You know what I mean? It was yeah. kind of, so did, did your dad ever have that on you where it was like, Hey man, I want you to learn this. Or was it totally like on your own? Like if <laughs> he was just like, you can do what you want. type? Yeah.
1: Thing. Uh, funny enough, my dad actually steered me away from getting into the TV and media industry. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so growing up, I never, I never like directly showed interest in being like, I want to do what my dad does. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was always like, man, like if you can, if you can find something else, like he, he loves what he does, but he also knows that there's a lot of sacrifice and time you have to give up uh, more than just a nine to five office job. Um, So it has its inconveniences, but Mm -hmm. he, my my family was very big on just family in general and spending, spending quality time together. So he, he knew that it drew us away from that growing up um, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to make sure that I was. I was surrounded by family and being able to spend time with that. So ironically enough, he told me not to get into it, but I decided to uh, be ignorant and go again. Not listen.
0: <laughs> okay. I understand. You're saying that's awesome. I, I guess it's so similar. My dad was like that too. He was like, you can love music, but do not major in music. Please God don't major. Like he was like <laughs> totally against it. Yeah. So It's interesting how they, how they do that, but that, that's awesome. So, um, so, what was your kind of, I guess, journey of of learning it? Was it all self taught, or did you go to college for it, or, or what was your process of learning that side of the business?
1: Yeah, so I would say probably, like my my freshman sophomore year, I I, I kind of have to preface it with the gaming scene and esports mm-hmm. in general was kind of my platform that I was able to to get kickstarted with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started off doing graphic design for small sniping teams and trick shotting clans and all that type of stuff back in the day, Call of Duty. Um, So I had a really big background in that just doing like YouTube headers, uh, social media designs in general. Um, And they were horrible looking back. Um, But it was just (laughs) fun at the time. So I started off doing that. And then um, I Worked for a couple of bigger name teams, uh, but then at some point I just kind of plateaued and I started losing interest. I knew I liked what I was doing, but I knew I wouldn't really find a career in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just another creative facet that was available was my dad's camera. So that's when I randomly just picked it up. And uh, I actually <laughs> I was working for a company called Esports Nation at the time, which was a uh, it was just like an esports news um, okay. outlet. Um, and I lived fairly close to Columbus, which was where a lot of MLG, uh, Halo and Call of Duty events were held at oh, the time. Yeah.
0: yeah so, that, uh-
1: yeah, definitely. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I was actually sent out with the task of designing on the go, like at the event, but also taking a couple photos for social. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad came with me cause he wanted to get a whole look on the esports scene. And he, he uh, he actually set up my camera. I had no clue how to mess with the settings or do anything. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. he did all the hard work for me. I just went up to the players and started taking photos and clicking the shutter. Um, And once I I got one photo of Crim6 that had blown up like that night, I tweeted it out and it got a lot of good traction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the moment where once I got a little bit of recognition, even though I didn't really put put much effort into it. And I had I knew I had fun editing the photo and tweaking all the settings and stuff like that. I think getting that recognition and like, hey, you took a really nice photo. I think that's what kind of sparked my my interest in, hey, I, I have fun doing this. It's a commodity that teams and people want everywhere, not just in gaming. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's another route that I could go down. And I, I kind of took a whim and went out on that, and it's worked out well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has worked out well. And it's funny how, like, it's even more prevalent now. Cause back, cause what time, how, like, what year was that?
1: That was, that was my like junior year of high school. So probably that was about like five or six years ago.
0: Yeah, so yeah, like 2013ish, 14ish time mm-hmm. frame and even then like the difference between now and then as far as like how you can build your platform on social media is like night and day. Oh yeah. And that's the good thing about I always say about videographers and photographers like it is hard cuz it's a saturated market in my opinion, but it's also like it only takes one good thing sometimes to kind of snowball effect and get you to where you need to go. Absolutely. That, that's what did your dad think of the esports scene as a whole like <laughs> as a whole like what was his thoughts on it?
1: So he, thankfully, he had a pretty open mind going into it, mm-hmm. uh, especially with his broadcast and, and television background. He kind of knew the whole, he really enjoyed like the production side of everything. So mm-hmm. uh, just taking something as simple as just a competitive video game, but then making a whole broadcast and getting a live studio audience in front of it and mm-hmm. engaging fans. He realized like, okay, wow, this is actually like a legitimate business. It's a legitimate community and mm-hmm. it's not just a bunch of kids playing in their mom's mom's basement yeah no, so, yeah, uh, at that point he kind of he didn't necessarily expect me to get a job out of it but he realized that it's bigger than what he originally thought it was which was very encouraging at the time just being able to have his support in in gaming in general because a lot of many if not all people uh struggle with that argument with their parents for sure
0: Yeah. Like even now, like I have a full-time job. I'm not doing it full-time yet. I want to eventually once I get done with all the military stuff, but even like explaining to my parents, like what it is, like my mom's a 25, has a 25 year marketing and like sales background, but even her like trying to explain to her the business of esports, like I'll put out memes all the time. Like it's so hard to get people to just understand it conceptually. Like it's very difficult. Um, so it's nice that your dad, you know, helped you out with that and was like open-minded about that. Cause you don't hear that a lot to be honest when it yeah, comes to parents and stuff like that.
1: Definitely. Um,
0: so that was 2013, 14 time frame ish May 2015. So what, as you said, the, the picture kind of took traction. So what, what was your, I guess, journey from there? Like how in short, how did you get from there to where you are now? Like what was your process?
1: Yeah. So long story short um, to answer your question earlier too, I'm, i self-taught, I Mm -hmm. basically just took YouTube tutorials and the power of the internet to Mm -hmm. kind of get whatever information I could. Um, And uh, I would take, say I just saw an image or a video or something like that that I really liked, I would just immediately go on YouTube, look up I would try to come up with the best names to describe that effect or whatever it may have been mm-hmm. um, and just look for a tutorial and figure out how to, to manually do it myself and okay. just try to make it muscle memory using the different programs. Um, so, yeah, I would say I learned a lot of Photoshop. and uh, I mean, I started off editing videos in iMovie and stuff like that, um, yeah. but eventually moved my way up to the Adobe platforms using Premiere Pro now. Uh, okay. But yeah, man. So YouTube tutorials brought me <laughs> a hell of a long way. Um, I actually, I went to school at Ball State University for one year. Um, I was majoring in journalism, graphic design. Okay. Um, I ended up not going back after my first year. Um, school just wasn't my thing. It, it wasn't the right timing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully I took that time off school cause that I would say after two years of working freelance, uh, doing uh, wedding videography and concert recaps. I shot for a bunch of different uh, big name artists, just getting random media passes, trying to just, again, trying to get my brand out there and trying mm-hmm. to, to find the right team or the right person to work with or under. Um, and thankfully it was, it was a, being the right person at the right time. Uh, I got in touch with Helena and uh, Anthony, who's not here at the Legion anymore, mm-hmm. um, but I got in touch with them and they just so happened to like my work. And I came in to interview um, and about a month and a half later, I heard back from them. They're like, when's the soonest you can move up? And thankfully I wasn't in school. So I had the ability to move up like the same week. So oh, it wow. happened really quickly once, uh, once I went into that interview, but, uh, it's been nothing but a great time since, honestly.
0: That's awesome. And, and I, and I have to say doing the weddings, doing like the ball state stuff, cause I have seen it in your portfolio and stuff like that, mm-hmm. doing the concerts, Maybe you can speak to this more, but to me, it feels like that would help you develop kind of the fundamental side of things because, A, you're doing it on your own. You're having no guidance or direction, Yeah, having someone who's self-taught, like just the stuff that like the intangible side of things that normally you'd have to teach somebody. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have you don't you don't require as much direction or as much supervision from a person maybe. Was college, edu- just fully co- college educated. Cause like there's nothing wrong with college. And I yeah. asked a lot of people on, cause a lot of people I'm having on this podcast are designers, video editors, people like Helena, yeah. you know, people that in this industry, you don't really need an education technically. But at the yeah. same time, like, so I always ask people, like, do you think education is worth it? And one thing I will say about education that can hinder you a little bit is you don't get that experience like that you got as far as like doing it on your own. So Absolutely. just that intangible side of things is really important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, if you talked to me three or four years ago when I had first stopped going to school, I would Mm -hmm. have told you that college was the dumbest thing in the world. Um, It's, it's pointless for anybody. school is a scam, like yada, yada, yada. But um, Mm -hmm. looking back on it, if school is the right thing for you at that time, like if you, school is a great tool for some people, but Mm -hmm. um, I think for a lot of creators and people that work in media in general, um, just going out and doing the work itself. I'm a big fan of just learning from experience and trial Mm -hmm. and error. Um, So I trust me, there are plenty of concerts that I shot where I didn't get good photos, where I didn't get good video, whatever it may have been, but Mm -hmm. I would have, I significantly learned a lot more from that than just getting a grade in class. So looking at school now, I would like going back to get a management degree to be able to lead a content team. Like school has its time and place and I'm not, I'm never going to say that I'm not going back to school ever again, but yeah, um, it's for the, I mean, it's, it all depends on what, what type of learning you need at that time, but it can offer a lot.
0: Yeah. And I'm not by any means like, discounting school either like i'm right now i'm in my last semester second to last semester digital marketing and advertising degree so like same thing yeah. you kind of want to play both sides but it's just interesting from people like you and your lane where you can do everything self-taught like my friend dylan that did as well he's a video editor he's like youtube university is the best university in the world Yep. which is true, <laughs> Very um, especially true. nowadays and i think there's a this is getting more conceptual but i think like our generation has a lot more options when it comes to learning stuff. Like I always use the goodwill hunting reference, like 50 years ago. Yes. School was like probably the best way to do most things. Like most jobs, if you didn't do like a factory worker type job, but nowadays, like because of the internet, because of technology, like if it's not a super technical profession, you can pretty much learn it on your own. If you have the drive and like the resources to do so. Absolutely. Um, So it's definitely more difficult for people coming up to choose their path and their lane on where to go and things like that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I guess going into the Cavs now, you know, without getting too into the weeds, I'm sure you guys have your own like campaigns that you're not going to like publicize 100%. <laughs> but what is your what is overall Cleveland Cavaliers philosophy and, and your Cavs leading philosophy and your philosophy on content creation and how you guys approach it? Like, what is the best way you guys do that?
1: Absolutely. So I would say one thing I'm really grateful for is we have a small staff at Legion and a lot Mm -hmm. of UK teams in general have smaller staffs. We actually have one of the larger ones at four to five people on our staff uh, that are full-time at least. Um, But we understand that a lot of our revenue and a lot of our success comes from one fan engagement and two uh, partnerships. So uh, with partnerships, like one of the easiest ways to kind of make it deliverable for them other than just in-game signage and stuff like that is through content
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: whether it's a skit whether it's an advertisement product promotion um there, there's many different roads you can go down
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so thankfully uh everyone at legion has a very um they like to embrace the content workflow which is really mm-hmm. nice um and everyone's always <laughs> even not only on legion but just it full-time team members that are with the Cavs and on other franchises with the Cavs, they're Mm -hmm. always coming to us with different ideas and they're trying to help out. Um, so it's a very welcoming environment, uh, when it comes to content. But I would say my biggest philosophy with content is always try to stay fresh, always try to keep a viewer engaged. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of days, like nowadays, uh, kids attention spans are not very like you, it's hard to hold someone for an hour versus Trying to get information to them within under a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while uh, people like our generation, like I love listening to podcasts. I always try to learn a lot from that. But kids nowadays are trying to find uh, top five video, like just quick, concise recaps of like everything, just condensed and as fast and quick as possible. No, so oh, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. get
1: it, and move on. But uh, I think trying to find a good mix between engaging content that can hold people's uh, attention and just overall entertain them. Mm-hmm. Um, but with also uh, having the serving the purpose of uh making another client happy, so trying to please everyone at the same time while staying uh above all the other teams is extremely important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and kind of adding on to your point, it's like you have to balance between the what I call like short term marketing and long term marketing. So, like for example. The video you guys put out, because I was doing my, my homework on like what y'all been putting out, like the video you put out of when you guys were giving out the Cavs Legion shirts at the game and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like to me, that's like a long term plan, right? You're like trying to instill that brand in that 10 year old kid. So when he turns when he, as he's growing up, like he grows up with the brand, right? And you have like long term you have long term kind of hook to the brand, but you mm-hmm. also have to pay attention to the short term, like people who are saying like top ten highlights of the 2K league or whatever it yeah, is right yeah. that, that quick type thing but that's hard to balance because you like what is brand equity versus like what keeps engagement because sometimes those aren't the same yeah and you have to put out different things um especially with you guys because the 2k league has in my opinion a very i mean this in a good way like infectious and like really like strong fan base but it's as far as the esports side it's not as huge but it's it's deeper, but so you're trying to expand that, but at the same time, like keep your own engagement. So it's, I feel like you guys have a really like, actually like hard job in my opinion (laughs) when it comes to esports overall. Um, mm
1: -hmm. I would say you make a great point in, uh, saying that 2k in general, uh, is a very strong and a deep rooted community. There, Mm -hmm. there are people that, are on different teams now that are on coaching staffs and not only just doing like the digital partnership side of it uh, and the videography, but uh, from coaching and playing, Like Some of these guys have been playing for like 11, 12 years, like all the way back to just the first 2K that came out. Um, So it's a very tight knit community, but uh, like you said, trying to to keep those people that have been there for a long time, uh, trying to keep them happy while also trying to hook new eyes um, and just get the attention and engagement of uh, <laughs> to, of younger families and kids in general just trying mm-hmm. to cast a wide net. Um, it can be definitely tough at times, but I think at the same time that also keeps us on our feet and we, it keeps us constantly trying to to improve and, and overall just better our brand. So I think mm-hmm. it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time.
0: Okay. And and one thing I wanted to ask you because I actually couldn't I couldn't not that I couldn't find this, I just couldn't get a solid answer on it. Cause you see other games like I'll give you an example like Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Six has an extremely good developer uh team relationship, right? Like the developer is supporting the esports scene, trying to push it. Absolutely. And with you guys, you guys have a really weird dynamic, not weird, but just interesting dynamic where you have the two K teams, you have the NBA, because the NBA has sanctioned this league. Yeah. And you have the developer. So yeah. you have 2K, 2K League, and the NBA. So has the NBA and 2K, like, been helping push the league, or is it on your – not? it's not a bad thing if they aren't. Are you guys kind of having to push it yourselves, or how has that dynamic been working so far?
1: So uh, overall, the, the NBA has been extremely supportive of mm-hmm. the NBA 2K League. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot – they did a lot to try to lift it off the ground uh, the first two years. I think mm-hmm. um, at this point – the biggest struggle and what most people expect when you have a 2k team working with the actual nba franchise is that oh man so say the lakers team say that they wanted to do a video with lebron um they actually wouldn't be able to do that uh they're they're having a hard time trying to uh, collaborate between actual franchise players versus the 2k league players because of there's there's so many different
0: oh understandably like Um, there's so many players involved agents and contacts and just simple time on their hands like that's got to be difficult
1: and there's some players that are extremely sorry if you hear a train going on in the
0: background you're good like 20 seconds Cleveland area you're good right yeah
1: um but no, there's some players in the in the NBA that are extremely uh, philanthropic, and they just want to help out the organization, help out their brand, and so we have some players that want to want to do work with us and want to help out and help grow it because they're they're just big 2K fans themselves, like they grew up yeah. playing it. Um, but then there are other people that could really help our certain certain teams pop off and get some really good traction to traditional sports viewers. Um, and there, <laughs> it's tough because at that point, then you, you need to pay them X amount of dollars per hour just to even be at your facility or wherever it may be. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: as of now, it's they're, they're trying to find a good way to even further the collaboration between the NBA and the developer mm-hmm. um, because there's uh, a very large amount of untapped potential that could help the league grow substantially mm-hmm. and then also bring... A lot of young eyes to, to to the NBA as well, not just with video games, but on the traditional side too.
0: Yep. And the the player base is insane with two K. Like it's similar to Call of Duty, where like the amount of people that play NBA two K is unreal. Yeah. Um absolutely. so that that helps. And I think one thing this is kind of half content, half not, but I think one thing that's a challenge for any esport sport right now that's kind of on your y'all's level where it's franchised is how do you like from a content perspective, how do you get the viewer to watch it? Cause like I think our generation and like the generation after us isn't gonna want to go to a stadium and pay a hundred dollars a ticket to watch the game. Like I had a conversation with my friend Anthony about this about the Call of Duty League. Like me personally, I love Call of Duty, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna pay a hundred dollars to go watch one Call of Duty match this stadium. I'm just gonna watch it on Twitch. Absolutely. Like it's where I can watch my favorite player if they have the option to, or I can just switch. Like, you know what I mean? So Um, I think that's a challenge for every league, also especially for you guys, is because it's a two K stadium, like it's a virtual stadium. But like, do you do the VR route? Do you do the stadium route? Do you do the Twitch route? Like, there's so many like challenges y'all have to face uh, from a content perspective for the viewers. I feel like
1: yeah, it's definitely it's definitely challenging at times. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the the one of the best ways that we found a good approach to trying to solve that answer is. Really making sure our fans are connected to our players, Mm -hmm. um, and having them as individual brands of their own. Um, Because, I I don't know about you, but at least for me, if I was someone that's non-endemic, not within the esports community, but if I found someone that I thought was a cool personality, or that I thought was really funny, or I thought was a good player, Mm -hmm. I would be much more likely to follow one specific person because it's a lot easier to interact with them. They're they're an actual person, not just a, a big brand that could just kind of not care and like throw you under the rug and just consider you a fan yeah exactly um, but i mean you see all these cod players now they're streaming on twitch they're getting their own fan bases and now because of that you have all these people watching their main streams and going to these events to support their favorite players and support their favorite team mm-hmm. um so i i think we kind of took a realistic approach where we understand that not everyone is gonna just see Cavs legion and be like oh i like video games therefore i'm a legion fan
0: yeah, that's not we, how it works. We
1: have to make a, a personal impact on them, uh, hopefully through the entertainment of our players or through one of our partners that they can connect with. So that's that's kind yeah. of our our view on it. But I would say that's definitely a harder a harder problem for a lot of content creators and brands in general that are in new franchise leagues, especially in esports.
0: Yeah, exactly. And from a video editor and like videography and storyteller perspective, like how how you have to shape that. You know what I mean? Because you yourself, like I'm the same way where I want to put out a certain product that I feel is good and I feel is quality and I feel like is what I want to say. But at the same time, you're having to like balance of like, what does the consumer want? And, you know, where do we want to take our brand? What Like there's so many things you have to juggle as a video editor. Like I, I personally have a lot of respect for video editors and storytellers because I feel like I'm good at the, the management side of things. Like I feel like I can manage a content team, but as far as like, the creative side of it, like, I feel like there's an intangible that you guys have to do that not everybody has, and it's very difficult when you have all the players you guys have.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I would say it's definitely tough, and especially, like, not to be like, woe is me, but it's definitely tough. Like, you see the, the Robert Rogers, the O. Roger, not-so-Chris. Like, you see a bunch of really strong groups of creators that, like, if you look at the Team Liquid content team or the optic gaming content team. Like they have a really strong group of like four to five really talented creators, both on mm-hmm. video, storyboarding, like from every aspect of storytelling. Yeah. Um at Legion it's only me. And while we have a lot of people that have their hands in kind of ideation um and coming up with different ideas and videos and fun stuff we get to go around the city with the guys. Um, but actually trying to uh, to to build a brand and create an identity and uh one that people want to flock around and try to get behind Mm -hmm. uh definitely be challenging especially with as kind of a one-man team but thankfully uh we're we're really blessed to have a good uh creative team that helps us a lot with uh graphics in general just for social media Mm -hmm. but um they're all esports endemic people they come from different scenes some are like designers for elevate gaming and stuff like that like we have a a nice mix of people. So thankfully I'm not the only one with the ideation. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely helpful at times, but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's one of the hardest parts about our job is, is trying to, excuse me, trying to, uh, just stay fresh and just stay on top of being the best for content creation. And by no means am I the best. I have a lot of learning and room to grow, but uh, Mm. that's definitely the goal for all of us.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the creative side of things on top of just the logistics side of things, like getting everybody at the at the facility at one time, like, you know, oh, that, that right there is half the work. Like, I'm telling you right now, just this podcast, like, me and you, it was pretty quick, but mm-hmm. overall, like, some, it's not their fault. Like, it's just how life works. Yeah. Like, getting people to set a time and, like, be there, and then you have people that get sick, like, Helena, like, stuff like that. Little stuff, unforeseen stuff happens like that. Um, that right there can take up a quarter of your day and then you have the actual act of what you're doing so that's another quarter of your day so like long story short like you take up 12 hours of your day just with the logistics and the act of it. And then on top of that, you're doing all the plan and prep work and the storyboard and the storytelling like you're talking about. I don't think people realize with designers and video editors, I don't think people actually understand the man hours it takes to put out that, that type of stuff, um, to be completely honest.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say the, the whole content creation process as a whole, like you said, is definitely undervalued. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just assume that if they can give you some clips and, like, here's sort of what I want to do, like, bam, you can bang it out for me in a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there's you, – if you want to make a good video, it takes a day or two of planning, coming up with a, something that you know that a fan will – like, it, they can connect with something. So you have to make uh, a video that's relevant. You have to then set up your studio or set up your, the area you're filming, which takes another hour or two. Not mm-hmm. even day, and like you said like we have six players that usually we need all of them whenever we're filming content um, yeah and they're <laughs> they we can't tell them when to go to bed we can't tell them when to do anything like that
0: they're yeah the typical esports player there's those challenges yeah the, that. yeah on players so we
1: have players staying up till four or five in the morning streaming which is great we love it but then <laughs> they're showing up to a 9 a.m shoot either looking like a zombie or not getting to the shoot until noon
0: and yeah, then exactly. you have to
1: delay all that stuff so there's there's so much that goes into it and then you add in the post-production and getting approval and all that stuff like that and trying to make 10 different people happy. Um, it's, it's definitely a process that people don't, uh, usually think that it takes as long as it does.
0: Yep. I agree. And the last thing I'll say before we, before we move to the other thing is, um, I think like 10 years ago, like, so now there's the whole discussion of con of quality versus quantity and like how you balance that. Yeah. Because I think 10 years ago, like, yeah, you could take a long time to do a high production, like advertisement or commercial. And it worked like, because it wasn't saturated. Whereas nowadays, like you could spend three weeks doing this amazing docuserie type, you know, video, and then only like, 5% of your audience sees it just because that's just how the internet is. Like, I don't care how good your content is unless you have this amazing reach marketing wise. Like I could just not see it. Like for me, like perfect example for me is Gary V who's a really popular entrepreneur, right? He puts out a crap ton of content. Oh yeah. Like I call, I'm I'm like telling on myself a little bit, like put myself on blast. I had never heard of the dude until like a year ago. And this guy's huge and it's solely, it's not because I don't research that stuff. It's literally just because of timing. So like, how often do you put out content? Like how high a quality? How much time do you want to spend on your content? How like that balance of quality versus putting out content as a whole and like getting it out there for the consumer to see oh, yeah. um, is is really difficult. Because me personally, like if it brings uh, value to the consumer, then it's quality. Like I don't like this right now. I'm not doing a whole lot of editing, but if someone gets something out of it, then to them it's quality. Absolutely. But, you also have your own perfection and your inner like OCD of like, I want this to be perfect. Definitely. So yeah, so that be
1: that's, that's been one thing that I've found myself struggling with the most coming from kind of doing my own editorial work back in Indianapolis when I was first starting off before, like I had made it to the cabs and like actually been with a, uh, an official team. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it, it was all my own creative freedom and then trying to cater to specific people then at that time. And mm-hmm. Uh, I I found myself trying to make every video I was doing, like trying to make it a a motion picture, like a Steven Spielberg film, but not everything. And it's tough because you don't want to sacrifice quality, um, but it's a weird fine line that you have to try to mix between just getting a video out there that's good, but then also not spending too much time on it because then it becomes less relevant. People won't care eventually. So you have to find that, that good mix between uh between quality and, and getting it out on time so yeah
0: an 80 percent solution on time is better than a 100 percent solution that's late like Absolutely. every every day of the week but yeah um as as you're going as we're talking about the Cavs legion and stuff i noticed you're seeing a new facility um how is that because i i watched the uh news broadcast where they kind of went through and walked through the news new facility in cleveland so mm-hmm. tell me about that and how that has helped y'all out from a content perspective and what y'all have been able to do with the new facility as a whole it's pretty state of the art. At least it looks like to me.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> we've put a lot of time and effort into getting this facility off the ground. Uh, we mm-hmm. spent about a year and a half of just prepping it. Uh, just, we still have boxes in the other room. Just that <laughs> we still haven't been able to take out. We got like twenty six different complete computer setups here. Jeez. Uh, so I, it's just a lot of hardware. But uh, going from being ba- season one, we were based out of an apartment building, and I mm-hmm. like it was a two bedroom apartment. It was a really nice space, but it was a two bedroom apartment. One bedroom was our content studio.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: other bedroom was mine, so I lived. I lived at that facility, and then the living room and kitchen were was the practice facility. So we were we had all the guys living in, in one area in one building, um, mm-hmm. and it was really cramped and really tight. We made it work like we DIY'd the hell out of it. Oh yeah. But uh, going from a very humble beginning of that to getting a whole full fledged facility. Uh, with streaming pods, content studio, uh, a full on stage. Um, it's, it's been one in, internal opportunity that none of us could have ever imagined. Um, mm-hmm. Just having the ability to come in here at any point in the day and either start gaming, start streaming, do a photo shoot, do a video shoot, a podcast, like having that access has made our plan for content creation going into season three uh, tremendously easier uh, And a little bit more enjoyable too Just being able to have these resources now mm-hmm. um, But I mean On a more community based Aspect uh, Just being able to get People in the doors now And being able to show them like This is what Legion is This is what mm-hmm. we're about um, I think that's a huge win for us And that's probably one of my biggest uh, Or my one of the more favorite things About the facility in my opinion Is the fact that we can bring someone that may not know a thing about esports in, uh, or whatever, whether it's content creation or streaming, any aspect of it, um, and bringing them in here and being able to, to show the legitimacy and then also just maybe get a new fan out of that or someone that's, that's just more interested in gaming. Like that's a win in my books rather than just being like, Oh yeah, man, like we got this cool facility, uh, that's about it, and then just trying to flex it. But like getting the community engaged, getting people in here, um, and then just spreading the news is about esports in general. Because, I mean, coming, I'm sure you, you've come from the gaming background as well. I think yeah. met with uh, Helena at Panda back in mm. those days. So obviously, you've been around for a while. But uh, it, it's sucks to see that people are just now bandwagoning on the esports scene. But at the same time, like that's that's been our goal this whole time is trying to. Make esports a huge business and a huge mm-hmm. platform for people to enjoy gaming from anywhere at any time. So,
0: yeah, uh, exactly.
1: To have that opportunity to share and uh, use that experience is amazing.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that I was super excited when I saw the video about the facility because, like, I think of like the esports arena concept, or like, and inst- I hope my hope is like 25 years from now instead. Of, I mean, I, I played sports all through high school, but instead of like people going to the Dell to play basketball. They're going to eSports Arena or the Cavs facility to like, you know, play the weekend tournament that the Cavs are hosting or whatever it is. And absolutely, that's just going to generate, like people see something tangible. And I think from the parents' perspective, I think our, the next generation won't have as big of an issue with trying to convince parents because their parents will have grown up in it. Yeah. However, um, as a, I, I don't have kids, but when I do have kids with my wife, like, if I, see, if I saw something tangible, like I'd be like, okay, like I can support this a little bit more more so than just my kid telling me gotcha. he's watching some kid on the internet play basketball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, that it helps for the fan base and for the facility. It probably makes it a lot easier for you from a logistics standpoint to do what you need to do on a daily basis within that facility. Um, the apartments thing is funny because I remember when Helena first got hired on the Cavs because I was like talking to her the whole thing, like just – getting updates like because i was super excited for she's like yeah we're staying in these like she was telling me the apartment she's like it's a lot of work we're gonna have to like build it up but like (laughs) like she was like geeking out for a minute she's like holy crap dude they're like putting us all up in these apartments and i was like how are they she's like it's gonna take some work but hey it's like it's better than you know nothing like to be completely honest so i remember she was like super excited about that uh but i know that overall like the facility is awesome like what 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 future because obviously facility is a big step forward but what future goals do you guys have from a content standpoint i guess conceptually at the Cavs legion like what are you looking forward to do as the years progress
1: definitely i would say one of my biggest things is kind of like we touched on earlier uh combining the actual nba teams and players with Mm -hmm. the esports side okay Um, i think one of the biggest things that and i know we're trying to work on it um but getting uh, a professional player in here from whatever sports team, whether it's the Indians, the Browns, uh, or hopefully the Cavs one day, um, but then just being able to collaborate with different entities and different big name people, uh, not necessarily for the cloud, but then again, just for the growth of esports and yeah. having the opportunity to work with certain players and certain people would be... A huge win for gaming and just legion in general um i know we're definitely looking forward to uh, i know our media week is coming up for season three so we're flying out our designers from we have one coming from louisiana we have one coming from i don't even know where he's from but we're getting people in here now that we're we're able to like actually start making content that people would want to watch and similarly like you said you have designers coming on, you have just designers, video editors, people coming from a partnership side of things and just mm-hmm. content creation and management, um, but kind of bringing every aspect of a creative team and being able to, to to now use this space in a creative way to help build our brand and make, we're gonna be making a behind the scenes video, we're gonna be doing uh, how we came up with our season three look and feel uh, and our, mm-hmm. our whole um, slogan and mantra that we're going by this season. Uh, being able to to show the behind the scenes uh, and showing the team behind the team um, I think we're going to have a lot of opportunity to uh, share the faces behind Cavs Legion not only with the players but with staff as well Um, and I think a lot of a lot of teams have been trying to do that over the years um, Mm. I'm really excited for us to be able to finally get a a jump on that
0: yeah that that'll be amazing I'll add a not just personality, but it'll add a emotional connection for those viewers and anybody that's like they feel like they're a part of it. You know what I mean? And and I hope too that some of the players from traditional sports will back it because, like personally, I know Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. He's a huge gamer. Mm-hmm. He's been seen on Twitch with like some high level people. So like, hopefully, you know, as esports grows, like these sports people just understand like what it can mean. Absolutely. Um, and just from a like a like an inner city Cleveland perspective or any big city like that's one more outlet that kids can use to like get away from things that maybe they shouldn't be, you know, dealing with, like just how sports is a great outlet for people. Mm-hmm. You know, e can be a great outlet for people as well. So hopefully, you know, y'all will be able to do that in the future. I think y'all will. The 2K league for me has been growing and growing. And I think it, it helps out a lot that it does have a lot of the 2K league is easily be able to fuse, traditional sports and regular sports. Cause there is scouting there is a draft, there's a combine, like yeah. it's easy for people to identify with it. Cause they're like, Holy crap. Like they do the same stuff the NBA does. You know what I mean? So, um, seeing people go through that process is really, really amazing as a whole, to be honest.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And uh, going back to your, to, to the whole, giving people a, a healthy and positive outlet, um, uh, mm-hmm even if they may not be in the best of situations or or community around them or whatever it may be. But, uh, we actually just started a few weeks ago. Uh, we're working with the city of Cleveland. So, excuse me. Um, we're working with the city of Cleveland to do a 2k rec league, uh, where we actually have 2k and rocket league, but we work with a lot of inner city community centers. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have anywhere from 15 to 30 kids out here every week, uh, a couple days a week, gaming, playing Rocket League. We have like uh, one of our assistant coaches for 2K. We brought a kid who's a competitive player from uh, Kent State for their Rocket League team. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but just getting these kids interested in gaming. And we had a, a guy come in from the Cleveland Institute of Art who showed them a little bit about game design, just like a, a simple overview of it. But showing these kids that, hey, it's more than just gaming, there are other jobs, there are different facets to to gaming more than just the actual like not everyone's going to be a ninja um
0: no of course not
1: once once kids can figure that out like maybe they it's kind of like us where maybe they are really interested in gaming um but obviously they may not have the skills to compete at a high level but using their talents and their interests to give back to gaming and to be able to, to still be in that uh that scene uh can be extremely helpful because a lot of people just don't even think that uh, once, once you get, it's either gaming or nothing. A lot of people just don't realize that there's so many other job opportunities and different outlets to success, uh, yep. more than just gaming.
0: Yeah. And, and, and someone like you, like if someone like you sits down with a kid who's 16 years old and be like, Hey man, like if you have a DSLR, just a normal camera or whatever, you have a camera and you're like willing to put in the time, like this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like similar to this podcast, like having multiple people on. Like, show, uh, that's the point of this podcast is showing people how easy it is—not easy. I don't mean easy in an easy way, but how how uh, capable it is, you know, for you to just go out there and and go through these different lanes of videography, design, editing. Um, if you want to be a professional player, like if you feel like you, you have the skills and the capability to do that, um, it's more than just gaming now. Like, there's so many different avenues you can do, and you don't have to, like we were talking about. During the podcast and before it is, you don't have to do a four year degree in order to do it. You can go do it on your own, which is very huge. Um, And that kind of goes in, you talk about the younger generation, you know, and I think this is a good point to wrap up on is what advice would you give to like people just starting out in esports, videography, what have you, right? Like Mm -hmm. the best way I like to frame this question to everybody on the podcast is like, what would you have wanted to tell Patrick when he was 16 or 18? Like, what do you, what would you have wanted him to know if you had five minutes to just talk to him?
1: I would say I would say a couple different things. Short. I'll give you a, a, a couple small answers. Yeah. I would say one is to stay authentic. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of it's esports and just anything in general nowadays is very oversaturated. In whatever team mm-hmm. or job or whatever it may be that you're surrounded by, it's extremely oversaturated, and people can look through a fake personality and a fake nice at like easily. Now it's not hard to. It's not hard to get caught. So I would say if you are genuine and honest in your intentions with whatever you're going down, at least in my case, it was media and videography and photography. But um, I would just say always stay authentic to to who you are as a person and have good morals. Um, Second of all, don't focus too much on social media. It's an amazing tool uh, and you can use it for a lot of good, but it's also easy to get extremely distracted by it and to look too deep into it. Um. Just there are kids that are swatting each other because they overreact or they, they look too far into what other people are saying about them.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um,
1: the minute that you I'm not saying don't care what people say because it's good to take everything with a grain of salt but um, mm-hmm. don't let other people's opinions drive what you do um, or, or change what you care about um, mm-hmm. because there's millions of other people that Will support you and will will help you in your endeavors. Um, so don't let one or one or a couple people with negative comments or nothing good to say stop you from doing what you love. Um, and then two, just stay open-minded. Um, things change. I never thought five years ago, uh, going into college, I would have never expected myself to be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay open-minded. Always always take new opportunities uh, that can come your way. Um, but yeah, man. If if you enjoy something, just pursue it with everything you've got, um, because I mean, it, it's it's easier said than done. But hard work does pay off. Um, if and again, if you're doing it with uh, an authentic background and you you really care about what you're doing, eventually you will become successful in it.
0: Awesome. Like the, those are great points, and I, I hear a lot of the same resonating things of like be open-minded, like work hard. Like it's not. It's not impossible, like, just if you're passionate about it, continue to do it. And I feel like people just think, like, oh, it's it's easy for you to say, like, you're where you're at. Like, I know that's what I would say if I Absolutely. was just starting out. Yeah. Um, but I think people don't realize, like, in today's world how, again, it's not easy, but how much more accessibility you have to make those things become a reality. Like, 20 years ago, it was a lot harder, I feel like. Nowadays, with social media, with content, with, like, self-teaching ways and avenues like it's just easier to make those dreams come reality so to speak so those are awesome points that um I'll, i'm glad you brought up because i feel like a lot of people need to hear it that are trying to just start out you know what i mean um,
1: absolutely and i would say too i was sorry to interrupt not even even if you may not find immediate success in whatever you are doing and whatever mm-hmm. that may Whatever is applicable to whoever's listening at this time, but um, like I was, not everything's all rainbows and sunshine. Like I'm at a I'm in a very fun place now, but two years ago I was stocking shelves at a grocery store while doing my freelance on the side. Like
0: yeah.
1: it's not going to be esports or nothing. Like I had to I had to do a lot of smaller projects that I didn't enjoy doing. Um, but again, like don't don't just expect that everything's going to work out right away because they're it's tough to see people that are overnight successes because that does happen often um but it's like winning the lottery man like it's it's never gonna just happen yeah, to that- you can't make on it you you genuinely have to plan to to work a long time
0: Yeah, don't use those people as benchmarks of like, am I being successful or not? And you bringing that up, like bringing up another story, just in case someone didn't listen to that podcast, my friend Dylan uh, Hetley, who worked for UMG and now he does, he literally just goes to five-star resorts and they pay him to do like videography work. That's all he does. And like his backstory was he sent out 200 Instagram DMs because he used the Gary Vee method, like Instagram DM, like, hey, here's my work. Here's what I want to do. like let me come to your resort, whatever. And he said he only had five people out of 200 messaging back. And the reason I bring that up is because it mentions how you used it is like, if you don't get immediate success, don't just like quit or stop. Cause like he could have done 20 DMS, got none back. And we're like, well, this is dumb. Like I'm wasting my time. Whereas now, like if he would have stopped, he had never got to do what he did. And same thing with you. Like if you had just like been stocking the shelves and like, saying like, ah, this is whatever, like this is just a hobby. This is never going to work. Like screw it. I'm just going to go back to school or do whatever like you want to be in the position you are today. absolutely um so that's definitely a a big thing to hit but yeah overall man i mean i didn't know if there's anything else you wanted to bring up for content i always like to ask people like if there's anything else they want to bring up because it might have been something that triggered in your memory during uh the podcast as a whole
1: yeah man i'd say i mean we covered a lot and i'd say too like if anyone ever has questions like my, my my dms are open on twitter i'm extremely open i'm not I don't consider myself a personality or too good to to talk to anyone, whether they have advice or anything. So if mm-hmm. I didn't answer a question that maybe either you asked or if somebody else had another question, like feel free to hit me up on on social media.
0: Yeah, that, that was the last thing I was going to say is I just everybody is like, what socials do you want to plug? Like as far as YouTube or like just the calves or anything like that, uh, where people can follow you at and either reach out to you or just view your content as a whole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my Twitter is at Media. It's going to I mean, however you however you put it in the title of the podcast, it sh- it's going to mm-hmm. be that. Yeah. Um, so at Brooder media on Twitter and Instagram, that's pretty much what I mainly use to post just random, random thoughts on Twitter, but also uh, the work that I do uh, throughout the week. And then also just uh, shouting out Cavs Legion, uh, Cavs mm-hmm. Legion, G C on all socials. Uh, if you're into 2K or uh, just gaming in general, we're a fun team to get on.
0: Yeah, y- y'all have some great content. I will vouch for that if anybody wants to watch their stuff. Um, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have all his, just for essay. I'll have all of uh, his socials linked in below as well as all the Cavs Legion socials. If you're listening to this on Spotify, like you said, uh, Bruner Media, it'll be in the uh, title of the Spotify link as a whole. And then you can also come to my Twitter at Sam and Jamma TV, and I'll also be promoting him as well. Um, at the time that this goes live, but yeah, Patrick, I appreciate you, man, coming and talk to us. I think it's really good insight for anybody that's getting into videography, esports, just you know, or just trying to pursue whatever it is they're passionate about in general. Because I think you're a really good example of someone who your life can change really quickly if you put in the time and the work. Overall.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, man. I uh, I had an absolute blast on the podcast, and I'm really uh I'm really honored to to get an invite to be able to speak on here. But then also, I'm just really happy that you've. uh you're kind of giving the the people behind the scenes, the creators, the people behind the content, uh, giving them a chance to, to to voice their opinions and show their background because that does mean a lot for us. Yeah, so. that
0: that's the whole point. I want people to be able to see like who's driving all of this as a whole. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the kind of words as well. I do, I do this just because I like to do it. It's fun. And it gives other people different perspectives and experiences. Um, But yeah, guys, overall, for whoever's listening to this, I appreciate you guys listening to us and taking the time to hear Patrick's story. Um, Podcast air every Sunday. The time differs just because of how we record. However, it will be out on Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. So you can check it out there. Uh, The content workshop is the name of it on YouTube and Spotify. But thank you all so much for listening. I hope you'll have have a great rest of your day. Patrick, do you have any final words you want to say?
1: I oh, appreciate your time. Thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we will uh, talk to you guys later on the next content workshop. Thanks guys.